uh, before I go on, let me just, the scripture we read, um, you know, we, we said it at the beginning, um, the, the Titus chapter 2, verse 11. It says, the grace of God, you know, that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Jesus. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That is, that is so profound. It, 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 an incredible blessing of the new covenant that for as many as will come to him, he shall by no means turn away. As many as will come, because this grace of salvation is free. It has appeared to all men. I know the good news is that there are millions and billions of people all over the world who has come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And they have embraced salvation. Hallelujah. Whether you're a Gentile, you're a Jew, you're Igbo, you're a Hausa, wherever you are, the grace of God that brings salvation is there, is available. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. But like I, I was going to say, you know, one of the components, because I can't teach on, on the whole concept, of, because that is really the whole of our, of our Christian faith, is this matter of salvation. But you know, you know it, it, an important thing God began to show me um, as I prayed and studied today uh, was this. You know, most of the time when you, when you see the word salvation, you're going to see, uh, and all the time, you're going to see words like the gospel of salvation. Okay, for example, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. You know, Paul says, I'm not ashamed, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of salvation, for it is the power of God. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Okay, how, how does he say it now? For I'm not ashamed, yeah, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of salvation, for it's the power of God unto, well, Unto salvation, well, <laughs> but something like that. But, but let, me, let me say, um, so while we hear word, of salvation or we hear you know gospel or salvation or in Ephesians chapter 6 I believe verse 17 we we, 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 we read helmets of salvation okay now what what why why is God always using good news of salvation or gospel of salvation and the, the reason is this okay of course you know gospel means good news okay or or helmet of salvation because or you hear salvation of our souls Okay, not salvation of our spirit. You hear salvation of our soul, not salvation of our spirit. What, why is that? Because first of all, salvation is a total package. Okay, his spirit, his soul, and his body. But but you know, God is so interested in the salvation of our minds. In fact, the truth is this: until your mind is saved, you're not really saved. Why do you think a whole helmet? Is helmet of salvation because many people who actually think they are saved for as long as your mind has not been renewed on the basis of the new covenant i'm sorry to say this you're still very far from salvation so the good news or the word of salvation is what god wants to permeate into our minds god wants it to permeate into our mind because it is an you know another said redemption is just a it's just like you being released from prison but but I, but i've also known people who have left prison and gone back to prison in fact the truth is that a place like the u.s going back to prison we'll go back you know there's a word for it you know one word i can't get that word now but but the rate of people returning back to prison it's alarming over 70 80 percent of people who leave prison go back there because their minds have not been renewed so they still go back to the same things they were doing before. So for God, God wants this gospel or this word of salvation to, to so renew us. And listen to me. 
why the only way you can actually experience reformation or transformation is by the renewal of your mind. And so, to be honest with you, the, the reason why a number of people are not experiencing, as it were, the benefits of salvation or the blessings of salvation or the, or the things that accompany salvation is simply because, so for many children of God, our minds are not saved yet. And the reason why, why the new covenant has been given is that as we, as, we, as we study it, as we embrace this good news, the Bible says that as you keep looking at it, your lives will, will, will be transformed from glory to glory. As you keep studying it. And that's why, please, I want to please plead with you. It's good to have a pastor. It's good to have a prophet. But you better know God for yourself. You, you better, because the truth is this. There are things your pastor can't do for you. There's a role your pastor has to play in your life. It, it, to equip you, to teach you. But, but to be honest with you, the more, listen to me, you can actually get to know God more than your pastor. It's totally an expressway that a free overtaking is allowed. To be honest with you. It's not everybody who we got born again at the same time that is where we are now. Okay, and, and, and it's not really a matter of number of years. It's actually, like we said at the beginning of this, of this service, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You, you know, you know um, I think it was on Friday, and some of you maybe may need to go and check on my wall, on, on the church wall, also on YouTube. You know, I had done a, 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 you know, um, an interesting message last Friday, and I called it. I know some of you didn't see it, but, but you need to go and watch it. Um, does God have favorites? And I also ask people to give me answers. You know, I was amazed one of the people who gave answers online was this. The person said this. He said, God does not have favorites. But, but the thing is that, is that for as many who diligently seek God, it will always appear as if God favors them more. Because the more you look for God, the more you will find God. He said, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Okay? So there are people who are looking for God like, like crazy. And, and they're going to see manifestation of God unlike others. And it's not because those things are not available. But, but, you know, it, sometimes it looks as if God hides himself a bit. <laughs> so those people who say, I, I will search for God. I will search his principles out. I will do it. I will do it. You're going, they're going to see more and more of the manifestations of his grace, of his favor, and of salvation. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So, so, so it's important that I lay that principle down. Okay, so God has promised salvation to all under the new covenant. To all. And you know why, why that you know why that will be a blessing also is this. Why that will be a blessing also is this. I know that there are people you know who are around you. you. You have never shared with them this free salvation that is available. You, you have never spoken to that colleague. And you know what? Christ died for that colleague. You, you have never even said hello to that neighbor. And you know that just uh, you know, not in the faith. There's salvation hanging around your street. There's salvation hanging around at your compound. There's salvation hanging around that your, that your business area. But you know, they need to hear the good news of salvation. And you know what? God is counting on you and on me to share the word of salvation. Somebody say hallelujah. Like I said, it's a whole total, you know, package. It's, it's, and of course, the salvation by itself, the new covenant by itself carries power. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. I think that's what he says. It. There's so much in my head right now. Praise God. Uh, so pardon me if I can't, you know, quote all of that properly. But, you know, the gospel itself carries power. And that's why for many of us who have embraced it, we have seen the results in our lives. 
Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this good news of salvation. But you know, another thing about it is that the gospel will never make you ashamed. If you're a believer in this new covenant, you will never be ashamed. I want you to say wherever you are, I will not be ashamed. <laughs> the gospel will never, the good news of the new covenant will never, never make you ashamed. And I can tell you this to the glory of God. I got born again in 1987 and I've been working with God fairly, fairly, fairly well for all these years. Been a pastor for 24 years. And I've never seen God fail me once. Okay? Never. Because I cannot be ashamed of this gospel. And this gospel will not make me ashamed. The same for all of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, the, 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 the other promise we're going to look at today um, is the promise of justification. Okay? And we're going to join two things because the two concepts are essentially the same. Okay? Justification and righteousness okay is essentially the same there's slight differences but because we don't have the time to be able to dig into all of that you know and, and we began to say that for those of you who joined us at the beginning um you, you had not begun to say um and you know that scripture romans chapter 3 from 21 to 26 those six verses are perhaps some of the most jesus perhaps some of the most powerful verses in the bible Romans 3, 21. After this service, you want to go back to it. Later in this evening, you want to meditate in it. It will change your life. It will change your life. Like we said just a moment, a few moments ago, God has promised us. Once you got, once you got saved or you believe in Jesus and you got saved, you have, been, you have been promised justification. You have been made righteous in Christ. And we gave the example. We said it's like the judge, okay, who suddenly sees that his son was brought into his courtroom. He has to be a just, he has to be a just judge, okay? And he has to be a just judge. He has to give, give I mean, if the son is guilty, he has to render um, the, the, the required um, uh, just, uh, judgment, okay? So his son is found guilty. But because he's the father, as it were, <laughs> of the son. So you know what he says? He removes his robe as a judge. He walks to the, the dock where his son is standing as the accused. And he says to the son, I'll take the punishment. He gets the punishment, but he walks to the dock. and says, son, you're free. I will take the punishment. You know, that's what God did. So we were all guilty. In fact, let me read the scripture for you. It's, it's powerful. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Our time is almost gone, but just stay with me now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse uh, 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I mean, it just says it very powerfully. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, all these scriptures, I know some of you are just really hearing it or, you know, for the first time, or you've heard it so many times, but I want you to, I want you to be able to hear it again like you never heard it before. For God made him who knew no sin. Christ had never, as, as the Son of God, sin was alien to him. He had never interacted with sin. He had never come in. He was the Son of God in heaven. But see what happens. So we who knew, who were sinners, were found guilty in the court of God. But see what God did? Praise God. He said, son, 
take their place so that they can become righteous. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. And in doing that, you know what he also said in the court of heaven? You know what happened? He, he took the righteousness that is upon Jesus and placed it upon us. That's an exchange took place. So whenever God sees you now, you have faith in Christ. He doesn't see you. He sees the righteousness that has been inputted. When you when use the word inputted, it has been credited to your account in heaven. So you are righteous. Jesus. That's a promise that is mind-boggling. If I, it's so real that it's difficult for people to, to believe it's true. But that is the extent of the love of God. That is, that's why Paul says he cannot measure it. I mean, can you imagine he, his own son took our place and so we have been declared righteous. We that were sinners. And you know what? It's not only for that one time 2,000 years ago. It's for your past, it's for now, and it's for your future. For as long as you have faith in Christ and in the work of atonement that he did for you, you have been declared righteous. But as I begin to close, hear this. Because you now have right standing with God, there are blessings that come with it. It's not, it's not, see, it's, it's not just now, okay, so, 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 pastor, so I've been declared righteous. Oh, Jesus. Right standing with God carries so many benefits. <laughs> the same way sin isolates you from God. Now, because we've been declared, we're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it attracts the favor of God. It attracts the power of God. It attracts the goodwill of God. That is the, that's the, that is the big thing. And so I close with this. Not because I'm done, but because we, we need to close. I close with this. You know, when you read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Paul began to say, or the writer of Hebrews, he says, I haven't known all of these things. He says, that's why now you should come boldly. Oh, Jesus. Why does he use the word boldly? It should come boldly into his throne of grace, where you may be able to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4, 16. He says, have you known all of these things? Have you known all of these things that have been made available for you? He says, now you shouldn't be constrained by guilt or by condemnation. He says, now, because you have been declared innocent, you have been declared, you've been acquitted. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because of what Jesus has done. You are a free man. You are an innocent man before God. Yes, you, child of God, you're innocent before God. You are innocent before God. He has declared you righteous. I, I wish I had the time. You, you, that's why you see in Romans 8, you know, um, um, I believe from 28 to 31. I wish we had the time to, but please read it later. It says, it says, therefore, if God be for you, who can be against you? Do you know when the moment you became righteous in Christ, what I just says to you is that God is now for you. Forget what anybody is saying to you. Forget all of that story. God is for you. Please make sure you're here on Sunday. Make sure. Because you're going to hear things that will change your life. Because we must talk about this on Sunday. If God be for you. I know you've heard it before. But how high is God for you? Do you know what God did for you? Or everything he did for you? Because it's for you. It's for you. Even as you speak, it's for you. And he says, if it's for you. You know, many times on this side of, 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 of heaven, on this side of eternity, we, we like for big people to be on our side. We like for a minister, the head of state, the president, some rich person. We, we, we try to curry their favor. Because if this person, if only this person can be for me. 
And I'm saying to you that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who has all things, the one who can heal you from cancer, the one who can heal you from, from hepatitis, hepatitis, kidney problem, that same God, I want to announce to you, he's for you. He's on your side. And he said, if it's for you, who can be against you? If it's for you, who can be against you? And that's why this season, all of this revelation should drive you into the throne room of God. There's a mercy seat in his throne room in heaven. You know what that mercy seat is saying? Because Jesus Christ took his blood and placed it on that mercy seat. So, so once you come into that throne room of God, you come with boldness. Because that mercy seat, you know what he's saying? He says, you have mercy with me. His mercies are new every day. But not only mercy, he says you can also find grace to help in time of need. I close with this. You say, Pastor, but you said you closed before. Yeah, I close again. <laughs> I close again. You know, many times we, we, we don't fully understand the meaning of the word grace. It, sometimes it sounds like a weak word because we just say grace is unmerited favor. That's what it is, but there's a whole lot more than that. Grace is to be able to walk in the ability and the capacity of Christ. That means that not only do you find mercy in the place of prayer as you come before God, but you're able to find grace to help. What is that one area where you need help in this season? Join me as we come into that throne of grace.